You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that is. So we're going to do a new iteration of the same plan. It's what some people have been uh, asking for. It may solve a couple problems. It may not. I don't know. Again, as I've been saying, just bear with me. We're going to do some experiments and see how this goes and hopefully have a fantastic season filled with more and more content. Because ultimately, that's all I'm trying to do is figure out how do I get you more and more and more content. And so today, what we're going to do, the first half, that dog, as soon as I start, there's nothing. And then as soon as I start, here we go, we're off and running. The first half of the show is going to be recorded just like every other thing. Um, With one slight change, possibly, I'm going to try to record myself um, prior to each segment to see if there's any worthwhile clips. We'll see how that goes. But that's not really the interesting part for you, unless you want to go check it out on YouTube, whatever. But we're going to try it where the first half is just like any other episode. And then in the second half, we're going to gonna kind of get to the Q&A thing. And there's a couple little wrinkles there as well. Um, Goose, who used to run Flick Chat, which was this app that um, I was trying to be a part of. They were all talking real big and bad, like a lot of these companies do. They like to talk a lot of, you know, they've got a ton of money invested in these things. And they throw money at us, which is why I'm going to keep doing it. Because they throw money at me, and sometimes they throw money at you, just like this pristine auction thing. Go sign up. They're giving away $10. They're giving you 10 bucks. There's another thing that I'm working on right now where, uh, you know, again, they're, they're trying to get into this multi-billion dollar market, and they know the only way to do that is just throw money at people. So I'm just going to try to get both of us in front of as many of those people as possible. And if that's obnoxious, it is what it is. But anyways, Goose doesn't do flick chat anymore because apparently that just dissolved. As these companies tend to do, they went belly up. And that was backed by, uh, I want to say like DraftKings or one of the major players, but uh, apparently it didn't work. And so Goose, looking for a little bit of work to do for the podcast, has decided he's going to try to do his best to round up questions for me and have them available. So on the second half, I'm going to start reading questions, and I'll be going live. And as I'm going through questions, you drop in some more questions, some more comments. We'll just kind of have an interactive period. So every night, we're still going to be doing the live thing. Um, It'll just probably have to be a little bit more condensed, which kind of stinks because I've just been really enjoying it, to be completely honest with you. I still understand that I, you know, Got to give the customer what they want, and I'm, I am I may go back to the old format. We'll see how it goes um, because, man, that hour goes by. It feels like about five minutes. So, But, again, we're just trying different stuff. But I want to start – what do I want to start with today? Let's start with this because it's not super um, – you know, you got to save the meat for later. But I just saw this. It just came across my phone as I was heading downstairs, and I thought it was fantastic. And um, it's kind of what we've all been thinking, but it's just said in a completely different way that makes a ton of sense. I loved it, and so I'm going to give it to you. This is Tom Brady talking about the rules against the defense and why it's a bad thing, not just for the defense, but for the offense. And and mostly it's just really bad for the game. I think the one thing about football that's changed over the years, which I think is really hard for someone like me who's played a long time to watch, is like 
they're, it's not being taught the right way. Like a quarterback should only throw the ball to certain places because your receiver is in danger of getting hit. For example, when I used to play against Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. I wouldn't throw the ball to the middle <laughs> of the field because he would he he'd go after you and he would hit like and we didn't always have the biggest receivers, but he would hit them and knock them out of the game. Mm. And now any every hard hit is a penalty on the defense. So I feel mm. like they penalize defensive players for offensive mistakes. Mm. So like if a quarterback, I was watching the Chicago Bear game, <laughs> the, quarter, the quarterback like, messes up, doesn't see the blitzer, and or the line screws up. I don't know what happened. The quarterback or the line on offense, the defensive player comes in and hits him hard, and they throw a flag on the defense. So they've almost moved the protection of your opponent to you as opposed to where it should be, which is on yourself. Like if you're a quarterback, you got to protect yourself and your players. It shouldn't be the responsibility of your opponent to protect you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real – it creates really bad habits for players because you feel like I can basically do anything. I could run and not slide. I can throw the, my receiver into any coverage and not have any repercussion for it. The only thing they're going to do is they're actually going to blame the defensive player mm-hmm. for making a good, solid hit, and now the defensive player is going to feel like, oh, I can't do that. Even though I feel like it was an offensive mistake. So in the end, I think it's a really disservice oh God, to the sport because yeah. the sport isn't being played at a high level mm-hmm. like I, I believe that it once was. It actually deteriorates because you're not teaching the players the reasons and the fundamentals of what the sport should be. So really, Tom said it all, right? But it's such a uh, – it's. I love the simplicity of it because it says everything that you need to know. Whose job is it to protect the quarterback? The NFL made it their job to protect the quarterback, but who is it that gets paid millions of dollars to protect the quarterback? There's five guys that are called offensive linemen. Furthermore, the defensive line's job is to hit the quarterback. That's their entire job. On a passing play, the entire game is set up so that you've got four or five-ish guys trying to hit the quarterback, and you got about five other guys trying to protect the quarterback from getting hit. That's the game that they're playing. And it's such a ridiculous thing to try to tell people not to do the one thing that they're being told to do. It's almost like if you told baseball players they couldn't hit home runs. I'm not saying you can't hit the ball, but if you hit a home run, that's way out of line. You don't need to hit it that hard. Well, no, but I don't want to hit it gently, right? I mean, do I want to hit it soft? It really is absurd. And same thing that he said with, with the defenders out in the middle of the field. And it's, I mean, it. I hate to keep making it parallels with society because people are going to get pissy about it because some people just absolutely love everything that the government does. But it's no different. We see a problem and we say, well, we have to take that problem away. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Well, of course, that doesn't fix it. It just creates new problems. Well, we're just going to do it harder. Okay, well, that's that's also not helping. And it's creating kind of a lot of problems now. Well, we're doing it harder. You're not listening well enough. And so the rules keep getting more and more and more constrictive. The game keeps getting less and less and less entertaining. And the problem does not get solved. But we always fall back on the, well, what are we supposed to do? Nothing? Yes. Yes. We're supposed to do nothing. I'm sure we can find some kind of a line where we say, you know what? You can't pick a guy up and you can't slam him on his head. You can't lead with the top of your head and smoke somebody right in the face. But the fact that it's like, well, okay, so we already have those things. Those things are already against the law, right? Can't do it. Jail time. Can't do it. But it's still happening, so we have to do more. No, you don't. No, you don't. All you have to do is set a precedent and say, this is not allowed. 
And then when it happens, it gives you the ability to punish the person. That's the only thing laws do. It does not make things go away. I know I keep saying laws and rules, but they are parallel. Laws should not be put in place to make things stop because that doesn't work. It just gives you the ability to punish people for doing bad things, right? You set it up and say, listen, if you smoke somebody in in the head with the top of your head, you're going to get in trouble. And even if it doesn't get flagged, we're going to see it later. You're going to be fined. That's all it does. That's all setting up the rule should do. It's not to make sure it never, ever, ever happens because guess what happens? The same thing we're seeing in front of us. When it happens, we say we're just not doing enough. We have to do more. The punishments need to be steeper. The flags need to be more. And we have these ridiculous preseasons where the top-down leadership says, you guys need to throw flags for everything. If he looks at them wrong, you throw a flag. If he stands over them after he makes a tackle, that's a flag because that's not nice. No, that's, I'm sorry. Every grown human being knows the difference between something that is vicious and entirely unnecessary and a tackle. If you tackle a quarterback and land on top of him, that's not vicious. That's simply just tackling. Well, that's poor form. Shut up, stupid. (laughs) Just shut up. These are the same guys who are professional football players and sometimes just completely miss tackles altogether because of bad form. Because they have to be perfect enough to know how to just perfectly roll off a quarterback and not land on him. You know what? Accidents happen too bad. Well, then people will get hurt. I know. Because it's a big boy sport. And big boys get hurt in big boy sports sometimes. That's what happens in big boy sports. I want to see them do the same thing with MMA. I want to still have the sport, but not the injuries. There shouldn't be blood... We shouldn't have broken bones. We shouldn't have concussions. Absolutely never should there be anybody on TV unconscious. That is unconscious. That is disgusting. Okay, then make the sport go away. That, that We're either going to play the sport or not. This is a violent sport. It just is. We have people moving at full speed, smacking into each other. That's violent. And you're either going to man up and accept it for what it is or stop watching it. And if you're an NFL owner or the commissioner, and you can't handle it, get the heck out of the post. Let somebody else that's a grown-up handle it. Let somebody else that actually appreciates the sport for what it actually is run the sport. No, we're worried about litigation. Well, yeah, there, there probably is something to that. Because you know what? If there was a thing where we made people sign something that says you can't sue us if you get hurt playing this, all the there's going to be an, uh, a Netflix documentary and people are going to be screaming on Twitter, this is horrible, they make them sign something that you can't sue them. Yeah. They should do that. They shouldn't have to be afraid of litigation because people are playing a sport where you know full well what's about to happen to you. Do you understand you're going to get jacked up? You're probably going to get concussed and have broken bones and torn ligaments and everything else. Do you accept that? If so, welcome aboard. Here's millions of dollars. If not, I respect that decision entirely. It's your body. Take care of it. Have a great life. So stupid. It's so stupid we got to protect the quarterback. We pay five guys along the offensive line to do that exact job. we got to cover it. Sometimes they fail. It's called a sack. It's part of the game, and it's actually a very exciting part of the game, and you freaking idiots keep ruining by throwing flags every single time. It's literally to the point, every single play, I'm like, wait, 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 flag, flag, is there a flag, is there a flag, 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 Every single play. And about 50% of the time, there is one, and I'm sick of it. Every, there, there, I don't know, man. It just is what it is. I'm just, I, I can't freaking handle it. It's, it's, it's just, it's bothersome because it's so stupid. And 95% of NFL fans, as far as I can tell, agree with everything I'm saying. 95% of players agree with what I'm saying. Why are they doing it? It's the same with the taunting rule. 
Whose idea is this? Are these owners just so detached from reality? They're in their own little bubble of, of billionaires that they're like, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's a disgusting sport, dude. They do disgusting stuff. That's the job. They get muddy and bloody and, and fight each other so that you can make a bunch of money. Why don't you mind your own freaking business and go count your money in the corner somewhere? Get away from the game of football if you're just going to ruin it. Sell it to your son. He'll, he'll do a better job. It's fine. If you're too civilized, then go, go sponsor a golfer. Just put Exxon on the back of some, on, on Tiger Woods' shirt. We're trying to watch football, dude. The rest of us, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got families. We got full-time jobs. We got part-time hobbies, making scratch, doing stupid little podcasts. And once a week, for a couple weeks a year, we get to sit down and cheer for our favorite game. And you freaking guys just cannot stop making it worse every single year. And I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to just not pay attention. Like, it's fine. It's still football. Let's go. But you can't stop. And again, it's a lot of parallels here. Just stop. Stop. Stop it. Leave me alone. Leave everybody alone. Shut up and go away. Stop it. Stop making everybody's life worse. Just go away. Stop trying to save the world. You're an idiot. We just can't stop. We got to perfect everything. We got to make everything perfect. First world problems have gotten way up into our head. This is unacceptable. No, it's not. It's a game. It's a, it's a game. And sometimes people get hurt playing. There are still places in the world, not to get all super deep on you, but if you haven't noticed, there's some stuff going on in Afghanistan. There's still places around the world where people make about a buck a day. If that. I mean, we're not even talking about the fact that literally slavery is still happening around the globe. Then there's all kinds of stuff on a, on a smaller scale. There's, there's actual problems around the world and suffering and pain. We don't need to go on a crusade to save football from meanness. I promise you, we'll all survive. I'm just getting tired of seeing it. I don't care. You just don't like football. That's fine. Not everybody has to like football. Go watch something else. Is there taunting in soccer? I haven't seen any. I don't watch much. You can't watch basketball. They taunt. Baseball's mostly civilized, but sometimes they throw bats at each other, so that gets a little out of hand. I'm telling you, man, I think golf is your sport. Can't watch boxing. Can't watch MMA. Can't watch NASCAR. There's too much violence. It's just, it's just pathetic. Anyways, didn't expect that to take quite as long as it did, but it's just, it, it just, it, again, it just baffles me because I don't know, I don't know why they're doing it. And it's the fact that nobody wants it. And it's the fact that it's so painfully obvious what does and doesn't need to happen. And, and it's, it's, it's baffling that, again, football and society, there's never a point where somebody says, you know what, the more I do, it just doesn't seem to fix anything. Maybe I should stop. That never occurs to anybody ever. It's staggering to me. People are like, I need to do this. Right? It's, like, it's like being firm with your kid. I'm going to scream at him. Well, that didn't work. He's still causing problems. Well, I'm going to beat him. Well, that doesn't work. He's, now he's drinking and doing drugs. Well, now I'm going to beat him even harder. I'm going to beat it into his skull. He'll learn. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work. And they just keep getting into more and more and more trouble. Maybe, maybe, bear with me here, maybe your continued efforts to fix him are failing. Maybe you're directly contributing to part of the problem. Nobody is willing to challenge anything they think. No, I was right. I just got to do it more. I just got to do it harder. Well, if everybody would just listen to me, then this would all be fixed. No, you're stupid. Sorry. So tired of it. Anyways, one other topic I wanted to touch on before we moved on. Um, I know we mentioned, I mentioned yesterday, Packers are going to be playing in Jacksonville. A couple little details that emerged, and I want to elaborate on this whole situation. Number one, 
Um, come to find out that, well, let, let's start with this. Temperature. A lot of people are concerned that this is going to be a negative thing for the Green Bay Packers. So I went and looked it up a little bit here. Um, I'm kind of shocked. I, I spent a lot of time, probably too much time, checking all the settings to make sure that this is actually correct. Um, I didn't change it for postseason because I can't imagine it's going to be very hot in the postseason. But I found only for 85 degrees and above for the Green Bay Packers since 2005, one, two, three, four, five games the Packers have played ever. Um, because the the issue is, and I had heard somebody say something to the effect of Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well in hot weather, something to that effect. So I was like, all right, well, let me check it out. I checked 90 and above only two games. So I was like, all right, let's bump it down a little bit to 85 degrees or above. We have, let's see, let's sort by date because that would make more sense. 2006 against the Miami Dolphins. 2014 against the Miami Dolphins, 2016 against Jacksonville, 2017 against Cincinnati, apparently, and then 2020 against Tampa Bay. Um, the only loss was 2020 against Tampa Bay, 38-10. to In 2006, they beat Miami 34-24. to In 2014, they beat uh, Miami 27-24. 2016 beat Jacksonville 27-23. 2017 beat Cincinnati 27-24 in overtime. So they're all kind of close, with the exception of the first one against Miami, beating them kind of handily and then losing last year to Tampa. And I don't know if that's just super fresh in everybody's mind, losing to Tampa or what, but there is no history of Aaron Rodgers going down to Florida and getting trounced because it's hot. Not saying it's not a factor, just saying it hasn't been a factor. Um, And I think we can clearly see last year that the Tampa thing wasn't about temperature, it was about Tampa, because Tampa then came to Green Bay in frigid, snowy weather and continued to obliterate the Green Bay Packers there. So it wasn't the temperature, it was Tampa. So um, I understand the desire for the New Orleans Saints, who apparently had the ability to pick a stadium. They were able to choose between about three stadiums, I think, something to that effect. And granted, they were all hot weather stadiums. But Jacksonville put a a good amount of effort into picking the exact worst situation for the Packers. And I think the interesting thing about it is Packer fans seem to be looking at this from a negative perspective, like, oh, shoot, we're in trouble. The the, The Saints got to pick where we play. They picked a really hot spot. They picked an expensive spot. Apparently, it's it's the most logistically difficult, and also flights are a little bit more expensive, although you can fly to Orlando and drive. It, flights to Orlando are super cheap. It's like two hours. Not the greatest thing, but if it's going to save you some money, whatever. Um, but anyways, that, that was the, the thought process. But here's the other way to look at this. This is an absolute gift. This is a gift. Going into New Orleans is a disadvantage, where it's mostly, by a large margin, Saints fans. Not to mention, the Saints tend to play well in a dome. They're a dome team. We say, well, they're a hot weather team. No, they're a dome team. They're maybe a little bit more accustomed to hot weather, but they're a dome team, and they play very well in a dome, and we're taking them out of a dome. We're putting them outside. We're putting them out on whatever, grass, I guess. Um, I think that's what that's what it says here, Jacksonville is, grass. And um, and it's, 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 it's just as much of a disadvantage. They have the same biology as everybody else. The other thing to consider... It's been 90-plus degrees in Wisconsin these last couple weeks. It's been burning, blazing, horrifically hot these last couple weeks, and it's just now starting to cool off. So it's not a matter of, well, they don't know how to handle the heat. 
Beyond that, though, I want Packer fans to start to understand how much of an unbelievable advantage this could possibly be. There's no reason to expect more Saints fans there than Packers fans, while the Saints are technically closer. Well, that's true. They are technically a little bit closer. There was also a hurricane that just ripped through their entire state. So there's a distinct possibility that some of the people that wanted to be there have a little bit more going on right now than, hey, let me go buy some tickets, hop on a plane, and go to Jacksonville. That's one thought. Aside from that, this is an away game for us. We have the ability to turn it into a home game. And I don't mean that kind of hyperbolically the way that we always say, like, we're going to turn this into Lambeau West or Lambeau East or Lambeau North because we're going to invade Vikings, whatever nonsense, where we, we end up making up like 8% of it. And you can kind of hear a faint Go Pack Go chant out there. And it's like, yeah, Packer fans travel well. No, no, no. I mean a legit home field advantage where the majority of the people there are Packer fans. That is a real thing that can happen if we flood that stadium. And I'm telling you, if you're considering it, you need to really, really, really strongly consider it. If there's any way you can go, I would strongly encourage you to go. Because having the unbelievable, unfair disadvantage of an additional home home game is incredible. That doesn't happen. So again, it's not a disadvantage. This has the ability to be a massive advantage where the Packers can pick up, where they're losing an away game and gaining a home game. There's still the travel, there's still the unfamiliarity, but having the fans in the stands there to cheer you on and to boo the other team, to make noise when that other team is getting up and getting rowdy. By the way, if all the theories and everything are are true, a lot of the very quiet sit-down folks are the older crowd, and I know they, they get mad at me when I say this, but it's the older crowd that are the season ticket holders that go to all the games because they live five miles away and they basically walk there. This has the ability to be the younger traveling crowd that's very loud and very rowdy, and instead of owning 10% of the seats and being loud and rowdy, you have the ability to own 50% of the seats and be loud and rowdy. It's a trip to Florida, man. I'm saying just consider it. I, I very strongly considered it. It looks like the tickets are going to be kind of expensive. And again, on top of plane fare and on top of the fact that it, we'd probably have to stay Saturday and Sunday and then come back Monday, I don't think I could possibly swing that at all. But I was very strongly considering it. And all I'm saying is I want you to very strongly consider it because this is a very important situation where, again, how cool is it to go to a game in Florida where the Packers are the home team? And I'm not saying I know that's going to be the case, but it should be the case. We do travel better than everybody else. We weren't just decimated by a hurricane. There's every reason for Packer fans to rise up and and rise to this occasion and give the Green Bay Packers an extra home game this season. It's a fantastic opportunity, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much green and gold there is in Jacksonville, Florida on Sunday, the what is that, the 12th? So excited. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break here. We got a lot of things that I want to cover. Um, We're getting some graphics made. should be up by uh, tomorrow. But um, here's the situation. We are giving away a Lombardi trophy signed by Jordy Nelson. It is a sweet trophy. I saw the picture of it. It is a Lombardi trophy that has like a graphic of Jordy Nelson on it. It's like a Jordy Nelson Lombardi trophy. And he signed it and wrote his name next or his number next to it. This thing is, is, is a work of art. It's one of those things that you want to put up in your office or in your, your man cave, but you want to put it in glass because it's like, I don't want the kids messing with this thing. This is, this is a prized possession that you put in your man cave. We are giving it away 100% free. Go to pristineauction.com. Sign up and use promo code PACKERNET. 
The reason you're using promo code Packernet is because we want them to know this is working because they're saying, they're committing to us, we'll give away more free stuff if we get enough people over here. So go over there. And then after that, all I need you to do is go over to the Packernet Podcast Facebook page and follow the page. I think all of these giveaways are probably going to be that because that's going to be my number one goal. I would like to grow YouTube as well, but I don't have a way to get a list of people that have followed. I don't have a list of subscribers, so I can't do YouTube. So I do hope you'll go subscribe over there anyways, but I don't really have any sweet carrots for you. Which Why is it carrot and a stick? That's so stupid. I guess for the rabbits. It's probably a rabbit analogy, but still carrots are stupid. Carrot cake and stick. <laughs> I don't have any carrot cakes for you. Dude, you remember, did you guys have market day in your school? Market day carrot cakes? Market day food was my favorite thing in the world. I could eat a box of market day carrot cakes and then a box of string cheese and I'd probably die but I would die happy. And they had these like uh, apple blossoms. So good. Chicken patties. Dude, a market day chicken patty. Oh, I miss market day so much. Anyways, pristineauction.com. Sign up. Use promo code Packernet. They're going to give you 10 free dollars. Just going to load it up in your account. Like, here you go. Here's 10 bucks. Enjoy. Go buy some stuff. And then go to the Packernet Podcast Facebook page and follow it. If you like it, which is great, and I would encourage you to do so, you're not going to be entered. It's got to, you have to follow the page. I don't know why there's a like and a follow. I think that's kind of stupid. They should just have following, but go follow it. Uh, we don't have any new patrons. In fact, I think we're losing patrons. So it's, I'm kind of losing hope on this one that I'm going to be buying you a brand new Packer ticket. Tell you what. No, oh, no, I can't do that. Never mind. Still, offer stands. If we get to 300, which is 48 patrons away. That's just 48 people being like, here's a buck, man, a buck a month, you got it. I'm going to be buying somebody a Green Bay Packers ticket this season. We'll work out the details from there. Offer stands. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Anyways, that's enough for now. Why don't we take a break and we'll be right back with some live content. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hopping seven viewers in here right now. We're killing it. The, uh, <laughs> the numbers have been plummeting. So, uh, I don't know. The timing has been all off. I was... It was like a solid 7 o'clock, like every day, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and the numbers are going up. And then I pull a 6 o'clock, and the numbers dipped a little bit. Now I'm pulling an 8 o'clock, and everybody's like, now forget this guy, dude. I, I ain't staying up all night for this. 
So it is what it is. That's all right. We got people hanging out. We're having fun. If you want to join in, by the way, Packing a Podcast Facebook page, which you should have followed by now if you want to win cool stuff. Otherwise, uh, Packing a Podcast on YouTube. It should be changed by now. Uh, but I want to rip through some of the questions. We got some questions uh, from Instagram as well as in the Facebook group. I'm going to do some of them. We'll save some of them for later, and then we're going to turn it over to the comments that I have live, and then we're going to call it because we only get to half of a half a thing. You know how it is. Um, I've gotten this question a bunch of times. This comes from Lucas Klassen 2 on um, the Instagrams. He says, who should be more of a priority to get a new contract with, Jair or Devante? And I've seen it usually asked in this fashion. They will say, um, if we do keep Rodgers and can't keep Devante and Jair, who would you keep? And I don't want to say it's an easy decision because it's unbelievably painful. And um, they're not the same thing, but but it, it, I don't want to say easy and people are like, well, that's stupid to say. But it is an easy decision for me. We're keeping Jair. It really is that easy. Um, they're both top of their craft. They're both pretty fantastic. And it's kind of interesting because you would think that they're similarly important positions, wide receiver and corner. But if you think about it, what is this team without Devontae? We've seen it. It's a good football team. It still is a good football team. The creativity of the team, the ability to run the ball with multiple running backs, the ability to throw to our tight ends, it's not great. And you want to be able to have a talented guy like Devontae, and Devontae wins us a lot of games. But we're still a good football team. I think without Jair, we, have, we run the risk of being a terrible team. And I think the difference is, Outside of Jair right now, our corners are very close to, if not entirely, liabilities. Kevin King is a liability. Chandon isn't necessarily a liability, but he's he's just at the level of being good enough, right? You just you don't hate him because he's good enough. If you take Jair and put in a plus, we've seen it. Randall Rollins, right? I feel like I've talked about them a thousand times recently. I don't know why, but they keep coming up. We've seen it. It's horrible. And you can have all the Devontes in the world you want, but you can't stop these other teams from just shredding you. So that absolutely is my answer. I'm taking Jair. Plus, he's a younger guy. He's got plenty. He's got so much time left. Um, Devontae's already had multiple contracts. Um, that isn't to say I don't want him. And and it's, obviously, the Packers wanted. They've been trying to work this out. But I don't. I in my mind, and, and tell me in the comment section here if you disagree. But I I don't think it's close. I I would take Jair and let Devontae walk ten times out of ten. As much as it would make me sick to my stomach, that would be the answer to that question. Got another one here from Adam.Fredrickson.1. Why couldn't Kamal even make the practice squad? How do you go from draft to on the street in one year? That is a, it's such a unique situation with Kamal because we've seen, the only real example of this I remember is um, Vince Beagle, where he was drafted kind of in the mid rounds and they let him go. The difference is Vince Beagle never really set foot on the field. Very rarely did he ever see grass ever um so it it wasn't that big of a surprise he just wasn't working out with Kamal it's he was out there a lot granted it was because we were not very good at linebacker and we didn't have a ton of linebackers but he was out there a good amount and according to PFF he was doing a fantastic job the only thing I can think and, and again this was if you listen to the podcast for a while this this was something that I constantly came back to is what is wrong with Kamal what is it about Kamal they don't like? Because apparently he's grading out very well. And I know PFF and, and the way the teams grade are not exactly parallel, but it's not usually inverse either. 
I mean, the, the degrees to which somebody is good or, or even, you know, they like Billy Turner more than PFF or whatever because of certain things and there's nuances we can't see. But when you have an entire team of guys that are terrible and PFF sees one guy that does well enough to get positive grades on, on almost every play enough to have really high grades while everybody else is one of the worst players on the defense and they will not put him on the field, it's, it's weird. And so the only thing I keep coming back to with Kamal is there are some guys where, with everybody, you say, I need you to be able to do A, B, and C, right? So there's, there's I would like you to do, let's say, A, B, and C up here, and at a minimum, you need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. So you got your ceiling and you got your floor, but you have to be able to hit your floor. And I think with a lot of guys, they're not quite there, but they at least see the ability, with A.J. Dillon, they didn't play him because there's certain things you got to be able to learn, you got to be able to understand, you got to be able to do. And he's just not quite there yet, but they can see the growth, they can see the path, they can see, in time, I can see it. Jordan Love, he's not there, but they still see Jordan Love and say, you know what, I don't know that he can, but I can see the pathway there. He has all the intangibles, he has the the smarts and the arm talent and the leg talent and all these things to be able to at least reach it if he can reach his full potential. With guys like Kamal, the only thing I can think is they're looking at this guy saying he's never going to get there, and we're wasting our time, we're spinning our, our, our wheels, and despite whatever the good qualities he has, there's this minimum floor that he has to be able to reach, and he just can't get there. I know this isn't about speed, but but if I, were, if I wanted to use that as a um, parallel, I think that would be a pretty good parallel. Let's say you need a guy to run a 4.6. And after weeks of training and trying to get him to be faster, he's running a 4.75. And you realize he just doesn't have it. Whether it's the genetics or whatever it is, he's never going to be able to run a 4.6. So what are we doing? And again, I'm not saying straight line speed is the issue. I'm just using that as a parallel. Whatever it is, there's a certain thing that we need specifically our linebackers to do. And that doesn't even mean Kamal can't make it somewhere else. It just means for what we need our linebackers to do, and, and maybe it is just more of an NFL-wide thing. We need you to be able to do uh, X, Y, and Z. And you can do X and you can do Z, but I, I don't see any path at all where you're ever going to be able to get to Y. And that is a disqualifier. And you cannot play for us if you can't do that. That's the only thing I can think. Because otherwise, again, like you said, it's one year. Why not give him more time? They would give him more time if they thought more time would get him to where he needs to be. Again, the only reason you do this is because regardless of the time, he's never going to get there. So that's my answer. And I don't know what that thing is. And it would be kind of an interesting question. I don't think if the, um, maybe they would, maybe if any of the the people are, are listening, you could ask that question, or maybe it's been asked. I don't know. I don't think you would get a very straightforward answer as far as what we're looking for, but I would love to know, you know, if, if uh, Matt LaFleur ever were to do a memoir or Joe Barry or any of these guys, Brian Gutekunst, I would just love to know what, what, what specifically was it about him where you just looked at him and said, He's never going to make it here. It could have been attitude, work ethic, whatever. I don't know, but it was very, very strange to me. Um, <laughs> kind of cheating here. The Jet Sweep guy asked, do you think the Packers are looking at bringing in an offensive lineman via trade free uh, slash free agency before the season starts? Kind of cheating because a long snapper is, is basically an offensive lineman, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> um, but... I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, would it surprise me if they brought somebody in? No, but we have a starting offensive line, so I don't think they're necessarily in panic mode. I know David Bakhtiari is going to be out for a while, and you could say, okay, well, what about depth? I think we have depth. Is it good depth? Not necessarily, but the kind of guys you go out and get, 
let's say, so we're not going to go out and get somebody that's a starter, right? Because we, we don't need a starter and we don't want to pay for a starter to sit on the bench. So you're going to go out and get a guy that's that's not good enough to be a starter to come sit on our bench and hasn't been in the meeting rooms and hasn't been in training camp with us and hasn't been studying our playbook. I just think they're going to roll with the guys we have. And I think at, at, at most positions, if you have an injury, you're going to suffer a little bit. I think that's the situation we're in. We can cover it. we got guys that can do well enough, but probably not very good. But that's life. That's football. So, um, I mean, look, like with any of these things, uh, I think um, – if the opportunity arises, you know, Gutekunst is always bringing in guys. He's always rotating out the stock. If, if somebody becomes available that they've had their eye on that happens to be an offensive lineman, I think they'll do it. I don't necessarily think they're in panic mode, kind of like what you've seen with punter and long snapper. I don't think that was necessarily just we need to get our guy, um, although this, this new punter of ours could be one of those situations. In other words, if he wasn't available, I don't think J.K. Scott gets cut. The long snapper, on the other hand, granted, we need to kind of get some information. By the way, um, sorry, I, I was having this conversation off air before we restarted the podcast with the live audience. Apparently, we went out and got a, uh, a long snapper, and I think I just got rid of that. Oh, no, here it is, J.J. Leahy. So Packers signed long snapper Stephen Wortel to the practice squad and released Willington Pavilion. Why don't we do this live since we're here? And I'm sorry to hijack your question, but I'm curious now. I don't have my notes up because I'm not doing my job well enough, but I want to um, pull up the PFFs. And take a look-see here at Mr. Stephen Wertel. I'll see it's signed me out. All right. Well, we will um, we will revisit that, I guess, in due time. Oh, nope. Now we got it. We got it. We got it. We're still going. We're still live. I want to see what Stephen Wertel is about. Not found. So apparently J.J. spelled his name wrong. Thanks a lot, J.J., making me look even dumber than I already do. No, he spelled it right. I don't know. I, the, end of, the PFF doesn't know who he is. Does he? Has he not played? I hate to do research live like this, but it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe he's an undrafted, uh, whatchamacallit, which would be real bad for our guy, but it would actually kind of make sense. Um, but there's nothing even for preseason, so I don't know. I will have to come back to that. If any of you guys know in the comment section, drop a comment. Um, I can't waste any more time trying to look that up. But it's a thing that happened. And the point is, I think with this situation, despite the fact that I'm getting very nervous about this guy that that doesn't exist according to, uh, well, maybe it's Steve. Could it be Steve? Let me just try Steve. <laughs> I'm, I'm so OCD with this stuff. <laughs> or if I just do his last, ah, Steve. Calling him Steven. Get out of my face. Steven. So he is a 2020 um, undrafted free agent. Doesn't appear as though he played at all in 2020, though. So I don't know if it was probably the case where COVID meant he didn't get in the preseason and he didn't make the active roster. We have a little bit of information here via PFF. Again, it is what it is in terms of how interesting this is to you because it's only two games, but it was enough. (laughs) It was enough for the, um, by the way, it was the Lions that got him in 2020. They let him go and it looks like LA picked him up. I wonder if that has something to do with it, the fact that it's LA. They picked up the long snapper, you guys have probably already figured this out and have had this conversation. I'm getting this revelation as we go along. But um, same long snapper that this punter had, so I don't know. But his grades on only eight snaps in the entire preseason, eight snaps t- ever in the NFL, which again makes me nervous, but I guess you can't be too much worse than the guy we had. Week one, he had a 62 overall grade. There are no statistics. I don't know how to quantify that. That's what it is. But 84.6 overall grade for a long snapper, I've never seen our guy get that ever. So 
I'll take it. You know, maybe he's a good blocker. Actually, it says he has a tackle here. So there you go. For all you guys who are mad at JK for not tackling, we're going to get our specialists out there tackling, including our, uh, our long snapper, I guess. Just get down there and smoke some people. So that's the thing. Um, let's see. Let's move on to the next question because I've, I've completely hijacked and butchered that so much I don't know where we left off. But those are my thoughts on going out and acquiring new people. This via Mike Evans who is, uh, I love when I answer questions from Mike Evans, because I'm hoping at least one person out there thinks, dude, Mike Evans is in this guy's Facebook group? This guy's a beast, man. Everybody likes him. He's popular. He's so cool. Uh, Mike Evans asks, if the Packers were to have 2,000-odd receivers, who would there be with Adams? Follow-up question. Would you rather see the Packers have two 1,000-yard receivers or two 1,000-yard rushers? Both are possible this year. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, I don't think that's a crazy Bear fan thought. That's a legitimate possibility. So first things first, who would it be with Adams? The first person that came to mind is Alan Lazard. However, I'm starting to think MVS is the right answer for a couple reasons. Um, Lazard did technically outsnap MVS, but not by much. If MVS really is having the big of a season as he seems to be, he may outsnap Lazard. And if he's outsnapping Lazard, he could possibly outcatch Lazard. And the biggest thing in his favor is the fact of his, his uh, yards per reception, right? So if Lazard catches three passes at seven yards apiece, that's 21 yards. MVS catches one pass for 40 yards, it dwarfs him, right? So he doesn't even have to get as many catches. In fact, ah, see, I can't do this stuff live, but let's just say 20 yards, which is a crazy number, but it's it's not an un, impossible uh, yards per whatever. 1,000 divided by 20 is 50 catches, 50 catches of 20 yards. That's all it takes for him to get 1,000 yards. Um, so I would go with MVS. In the second part of the question, would you rather have 2,000-yard receivers or 2,000-yard rushers? I'm going to go with rushers. As much as, it, um, as much as it seems more flashy and cool to have just tearing people up through the air and, and rushing seems kind of old school or whatever, if we have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both hitting a 1,000-yard mark, do you understand how dominant of a football team we are? Just just out of the gate. On top of that, we know Devontae and this passing game are going to be on point. So the odds that we have 2,000-yard rushers but the passing game fell off, I just don't see it. Unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and I hope I'm not jinxing the team that way, and that's how we get it, then that's not great. The other thing to take into consideration, and I'm probably overthinking this, is the fact that you tend to run more when you're winning more right? When you're losing and you're behind, you throw the ball. When you're winning and you're ahead, you run the ball. That's how you get 2,000-yard rushers, especially with a guy like A.J. Dillon. If Aaron Jones is rushing most of the time and getting most of the yards, but then in the fourth quarter, he's just grinding you down, there you go. So that's my answer to that. Um, Goose says, how do you think DeGuara will do in our first game? What would you like to see from him? Here's, here's the funny thing. I was talking to Jacob about this, who helps me run my Instagram, and we're trying to figure out what order to give things away in. Um, and the, the, the first thing we decided on was the Jordy one. We were also thinking of, uh, David Bakhtiari signed Jersey, which might be next. But the one reason we would switch things up is if either Devante or DeGuara has a big game. And the way I see a big game for DeGuara is a touchdown because a guy like DeGuara is an unknown commodity. And so, whereas Devante, if he has like 20 yards and a touchdown, that's a garbage day. It just is. I mean, I'll take it, but it's like, come on, man, I hope you 20 yards, that, that ain't good. If DeGuara has 20 yards and a touchdown, I'm going to be jacked. Everybody's going to be excited because in, in week one, he gets a touchdown. I promise you that very week, we're doing the DeGuara giveaway because that's that's potentially the most hype that guy's going to get. 
Um, so I would say that that's what I would like to see. I, I, I just want to see usage, I guess, would be the most important thing. If he's not on the field, I'm going to be upset because it just means the Packers don't see him where they want him to be. It could be slightly injury-related, but whatever. Regardless of the reason, I just want to see that they want him out there, and I want to see that usage come to fruition, meaning he's in motion, he's doing this, he's doing that, and then occasionally they go to him. I don't care if it's just a five-yard, seven-yard dump-off, whatever. And then, of course, the cherry on top is the touchdown. If they, if they, you know, it's one of those things where they've been tabling it and tabling it and he's in motion and he's blocking and he's doing all these things, but they're not throwing him the ball. And then that one time from the 17 yard line, he swings out across the formation, like he's going to block and he slips out instead. Rogers dumps it off to him. He's got a lead blocker. He goes in there, boom, touchdown. I'm going to flip out. I'm just going to flip out if DeGuara gets a touchdown in this game. So that's, I would just like to see number one usage, and then the one real big thing that I would love to see, if at all possible, the touchdown from DeGuara. Um, what else we got here? Uh, will the Packers, this is from Draft Hobbies, will the Packers be able to stop Alvin Kamara? I can't really answer that. I don't know. Um, I mean, can they? Yes. That's the very obvious, stupid answer to that. Of course they can. But there's so many unknowns, and there's so many things that get easier for me to speculate on and answer and dive into once we get a feel for what this team is. And I said, even the offense, like there's so many things that have been changing. You know, year one compared to year two, and then year two into year three, and then, you know, year one of Mike Pettin, year two of Mike Pettin. Now we got year two of Joe Barry, and there's questions of Jair, like, is he really that good? Like, he's going to be that way every year, like Darrell Revis, or is it going to be like this flukish thing? Like Josh, uh, what's his name? That was good for one year, made a bunch of money, and then was trash. Um, so many moving parts. I'm excited about the defense. I'm excited about the potential of the defense, specifically the run defense and the and the defensive line. I saw Peter Bukowski put out a thing. I didn't read it because it was like 50 billion paragraphs, but it was kind of a cool look at how the de- the defensive line is going to hopefully be a little bit better under this new system. I'm I'm optimistic about it. Um, but I, I have no idea. I don't know. that we, we might be worse on defense. We could be better. The defensive line could be better. Worse. Kenny Clark, is he better? I don't know. I know nothing. I wish I had a cool answer for you. I just don't. Um, anyways, that's it for the questions we got here. I think there were some more that were on Facebook. Keep pumping them in there. Goose is going to keep collecting them. Goose, if I missed any, just throw it back to the top of the list. If I keep ignoring it, we'll probably just delete it, or I'll just tell you. Let's just not worry about that one. Um, but keep those coming. Keep shooting them off to Goose in the Facebook group and whatnot. Let's turn it over here to the comments section. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got some more people jumping in. I appreciate that. Thanks for getting here. We're just getting to the fun part. Feel free to continue dropping in questions, comments, and concerns. Um, went through a little bit of this, had some banter earlier, um, got some positive feedback from Vintage Sanford. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with Sanford and Son, but I just, I like your name because it makes me think of Sanford and Son, which is one of my favorite TV shows. It's like uh, The Office, Married with Children, and Sanford and Son are like my three that I rotate when I'm like going to bed. Sanford and Son, I watch the least, but it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's such a great show. All right, let's see what we got here. So we got people mentioning the long snapper thing, which is cool. Ben says, if the NFL had an expansion draft like the NHL, rules, one quarterback, oh man, you're going to make this impossible for me to do on the fly. One quarterback, eight other players, and first and second year players are exempt. Who would you protect using the 20? I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Cody says, why is Oren the GOAT? 
You talking about Oren Burks? He's not. Next question. Um, geez. If we're going to lose Jair for four games, would we go 4-0? and Would we go 4-0 and if we lost Jair for four games? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to pull up the schedule because, again, you got to remember, I got to do this on the fly. I can't look up the games we're going against, but I would say no. Um, just by virtue of the fact of we've seen the, the, the way that this team succeeds through 13 games. Regardless of the of what year it is, granted last year they were much more consistently good, especially the offense. But the reason they got to 13 wins in 2019 and 2020 is because when one one facet falls off, the other facet takes over. The problem I see with No Jair is there is no recovery. Right? Yeah, we still got safeties, but there's no recovery. If the offense falls off and has a bad day, which happens all the time, right? You just the defense that that other team's defense is just. You can't quite figure it out. They're getting too much pressure. We can't get into a rhythm. We can't do this, that, or the other. If we don't have Jair to take people away, especially considering how much talent falls off, granted, it's possible King's having a good year. It's possible Stokes steps up. It's possible, but to my knowledge right now, that is not the reality. And the reality is they're going to fall off, and those other teams are going to be able to pick our secondary apart, and that's going to be problematic. So when you, I mean, could we survive it? Yes. Would we go 4 and 0? My answer is going to be no. Um, Michael says, if Aaron gets traded, can we keep both Jair and Tay? I, without looking into it, and again, I, I just refuse to do the math on this right now because it's way too early and there's way too many moving parts, but I'm going to absolutely say yes. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, let's see. So we got some details on the long snapper here. Practice squad, still have Bradley on the roster. He's a long snapper out of USC. Good to know. Um, how clunky do you see the Packers being to start off the year? A couple quarters, couple games. So uh, I think it was Dara on Twitter brought up a pretty good point that, or no, it was, uh, uh, what is his name? One of the underage Packer guys, uh, Big Big B or something. Um, anyways, his point was last year we didn't have a preseason and they came out and hung like 37 points on whatever the team was. I don't know exactly the score, but point is, Goose, thanks for liking the Facebook page finally. I appreciate you jumping on board, buddy. (laughs) Or did you just like the stream? Maybe you just like the stream. That's fine. Um, So I I, I don't have an expectation. And if they come out flat, they come out flat. But again, the whole notion of, well, they didn't play, so they're not going to be very good. That's not necessarily the case. And, and if it's not going to be the case, it's going to be for a team that's as veteran and ready to go. And based on the training camp reports, it sounds like they're just ready to go. Um, Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Devontae is right in sync. MVS is, is this is the best we've heard about MVS. I mean, you could say it's training camp all you want. I've been paying attention to training camps, and I've seen where there's a lot of negative notes. Uh, MVS and, and the rest of them. Um, I've never seen as many positive notes about MVS. Doesn't mean it has to translate, but um, the idea that everybody just dominates in training camp because it's easy is just not the reality. So um, do I expect some growing pains? Yeah, especially, you know, you look at the offensive line, Josh Myers and uh, Rolls-Royce Newman. Um, I'm not saying that to be obnoxious. I just, I have to say that to remember his name because I just, for some reason, can't remember it. Uh, There's probably going to be some growing pains. You know, you got Heflin along the defensive line, the, the, the new defense and the linebackers, there's going to be a couple little growing pains here and there. But I think in general, 
when the offense is on the field, we're talking about Elton Jenkins. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Aaron Jones. We're talking about Devontae Adams. We're talking about MVS now and Lazard. We're talking about Billy Turner. We're talking about Lucas Patrick. We're talking about a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. They know what to do. I think it'd be a little bit rusty. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But for the most part, compared to even the other team on the other side, compared to Jameis and all these guys, I think they're going to be ready to go. But I could be wrong. We'll see how it goes. Um, hey, you don't look like a little kid eating at the grown-ups table like you did last night. I, I, every time I, so it's hard. Part of it is because my green screen is up too high. So if I kind of angle this down so that I'm up higher, you're seeing too much down here. So I'm, I'm just sitting different. I'm trying to sit up straight. I like to do the podcast like sitting back and reclined and laying down. But then I, when I go to like edit the YouTube video and all that kind of stuff, it's so ridiculous looking with like my head just peeking up over the top. So I'm forcing myself to sit up a little bit. Thank you for noticing, which I know everybody notices because I generally don't care, but I just get a million comments like, why do you look stupid? Like, I don't know. It's not born that way. Um, 49ers are going to eat our makeshift offensive line for breakfast. I can't wait for Dave's return. Um, maybe we got to see what their defensive line is looking like. I know Bosa, um, Bosa, by the way, destroyed David Bakhtiari, but yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see, man. I mean, the 49ers, I have a hard time believing in them because granted they kicked the living daylights out of us in 2019, but 2019 is the only year the 49ers have looked like a halfway decent team in the entire time that Shanahan has been there. They have been an absolute joke in my opinion. Um, so maybe this is another year where they look fantastic. I don't know, but they just have not been super threatening outside of obviously the one year it was a massive detriment to us. So we'll see, maybe. And, it, you know, you could say that about a lot of teams. You could say about the Bears with Khalil Mack. You could say about the, the Saints have a great defensive line. Um, the Steelers have a great defensive line. A lot of the teams that we have coming up early uh, or just in general this year, um, very, very good defensive line overall, or they just got somebody along the defensive line that's just an absolute freak. So, you know, I mean, it is, it's just part of football. It's not going to be perfect. The, the biggest thing is that the young guys kind of step up. But even if they don't, if, if, if Royce is not that great, we have Runyon. And Runyon's the guy we went with last year, and it was not the best thing in the world, but it could have, you know, it, we survived it. And nobody was calling for his head. He, he held his own, and, and worst-case scenario, Royce just is not getting it, and we move on. The actual worst-case scenario, though, is is Josh Myers because we don't really have a better option there. The only thing we could really do is move Lucas Patrick to center and then put, um, well, geez, we'd have to put, when David Bakhtiari comes back, we could maybe put Elton at right tackle, put Billy at guard, and put Runyon at, at uh, the other guard spot if Royce isn't working out either. But we're getting way into the weeds in terms of like actual worst-case scenario, so... Um, I mean, if the 49ers had a field day, would I be surprised? No, but there's a million teams that that could happen. It happened with Tampa last year inexplicably because despite having a good offense, a good defensive line, um, that doesn't account for how badly that game went. It really doesn't. The, the Tampa Bay defensive line had never had that good of a game against anybody but the Green Bay. Their two best games came against the Packers. The two worst games for the Packers came against the Tampa Bay. So... I don't know what happened, but yeah, that, that could be. And yes, I want David Bakhtiari back as well. Mike says, Joe Barry has one chance with me. Get both Smiths and Gary on the field together more. I, uh, I agree. I think that needs to happen. We'll, we'll see. I, that's another question. You know, I mentioned how I would love to know what happened with Kamal. 
it's not really a question of why aren't they putting Rashawn out there. Obviously, that has to do with the fact that they don't really think he's ready. He's not quite up to speed. I just want to know what is it? Like, what what is the thing? Is he just not getting the calls? Is he not doing his job right? The other cool thing about Joe Barry, and I think this was in Bukowski's article also, he's got a little Substack thing. You can go subscribe to it. Um, it looks like he's trying to do what uh, Tyler Dunn is doing, where you have a subscription base, and he does more long-form, in-depth, uh, behind-the-scenes articles, which is pretty cool. Um, anyways, um, one of the things he talked about, I think, was was Rashawn Gary specifically talking about freedom. And so the uh, the whole point of it is it, Rashawn Gary has the ability to be kind of reckless, whereas maybe, kind of just speculating here, Pettin wanted you to, everybody had to do their role. Like, you have a job, and you have to do your thing, and you have to kind of stay here and make sure that, you know, I mean, you can go get the quarterback, but you also got to make sure that this guy doesn't get around around you here, and this guy doesn't get around you here, and all this kind of stuff. Whereas it sounds like under this new system, the way that it was explained in this article, Rashawn has the ability to be a little reckless, and it's the guy behind you's job to clean up, right? If he guesses and guesses wrong, it's now the guy behind you's job to come in and clean up, right? If, if you attack the quarterback this way and the running back comes this way, the, the linebacker has to know, okay, you come up because he vacated this area. Your job is to come fill that area. And the safeties also, so you got the linebackers flying up. And when they r- run the ball, the safety's job also, you get up there and you fly up there as fast as you possibly can to account for the mistakes that these guys that were allowed these guys to make guys like Kenny Clark, Zadarius, Preston, and Rashawn. The point is, we don't want them to be cautious. We want them to be reckless and dangerous. And it's the guy be, guys behind them's job to come in and clean up. Now, again, I don't know that to be the reality. That was my understanding of the way that he wrote this, and that would be based on his understanding of things. But I kind of like that because I want to be in a system where we get these guys out there and they act reckless. And that I do think works to Rashawn Gary's benefit because Rashawn Gary is just a much better football player than Preston. No offense to Preston. I like Preston. But when you just want a guy to go out there and just be reckless and crazy and just go get the quarterback, I think he's your guy. He's maybe not quite as refined. He maybe doesn't quite, he's not quite up to speed on on all the nuance. But if your job is to be crazy and wild and nuts to go out there and just do stuff, I think he's your guy. And, and to that point, if that is the case, I could see him getting more snaps. Chris, thank you very much for the $10 uh, donation. I genuinely greatly appreciate that. I think every night that I've done a stream, you guys have thrown at least a little bit at me. Um, it helps to encourage me to keep doing this stuff. Uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Because at the end of the day, that is a big part of what I'm doing. I want this to be a real thing. I know I'm miles and miles away from where um, Grassy is in terms of being able to quit his job. But um, the live stream is me saying, the podcast is great. It's awesome. It's not growing fast enough to sustain me anywhere in the next couple decades. And so I need to expand my horizons a bit and branch out. And so far, you guys have made this all worthwhile. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. It's not like I'm, I'm suffering. I, I genuinely, this is, my favorite, this is my favorite part of my day. I mean, as far as the, the football content goes. Recording the podcast is like, all right, I just want to get through it so I can come hang out with you guys. I love this. I know it's a little clunky. Again, bear with me, but I'm having a blast. As evidenced by the fact that it's 840 and (laughs) I got a lot of work to do. All right. Bearded Buck Outdoors says, "How how likely is Chauncey Rivers to get playing time? Does he or my man DT Jack Heflin? So I think Rivers was the one let go. Am I correct in that? Did I delete that tweet? I believe... He was released, I think. I think that was a situation. So Chauncey, uh, or no, no, it was Willington Pavilion. I'm an idiot. Um, how likely is Chauncey? Uh, 
I would guess not very because he's further down. I mean, he's kind of last man on the totem pole, and for the most part, barring any injuries, um, I, I just I don't. I'm trying to remember like how much time did any of our number four edge rushers get on the field, and it just really wasn't. Unless somebody got injured, you just didn't see him. So I don't think Chauncey's going to get out there. Halflin, I think, is going to get a good amount. Um, largely because we rotate our DTs a lot, but also just because he's a good football player. I, again, Lancaster, I think, is a great parallel. It doesn't have to be exactly play style or exactly who's as good as who, but he's, again, he's just a guy that seems to be good enough to do his job, and he just started playing right away and just did his job right away, and he just he's always out there, right? He's in the rotation, and I like that. Uh, Jason Miller says, Ryan, do you think Kenny will have a quicker start than usual, or should we expect the usual slow start? We should, I mean, it, it, again, it's sort of the, the, the logical thing compared to just hunch, right? The logical thing says expect a slow start, right? Because most players have a slow start. That's just normal. You're kind of slow out of the gate. He also has that thing in him, kind of like Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy always had a slow start and then picked up. That was my favorite thing to do is fantasy. Let somebody else overdraft him in fantasy, let him play one or two really terrible games, trade for him, and then he blows up in the second half of the year until people eventually caught up on that. Jason Miller with the $20 Super Chat on YouTube. Thank you very, very much. You guys are unbelievable. I love it. Um, I, I got a multiple thoughts going on here, but I, I got to get back to it. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, but my gut just says, let's just, let's just believe, all right? If nothing else, let's just believe. Let's believe this system is going to be better. And again, I can't get it out of my head how much cleaner the defensive line and linebacking group, that front, the box, right, this this the group up front looked in the preseason. It just looked different to me. It looked comp- You know, I think the worst I've ever seen the defensive line look was against that against the 49ers. The way that they were spread out, it was unbelievable. Our guys were five, ten yards apart from each other. It was pathetic. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish, but it was a, an absolute joke. This is the opposite of that, and I, I hate that I keep saying it over and over again, but go back and watch the preseason games and just how, you know, when the line slides, they're just, and, and it's not just that they're all sliding, because that always happens, but they're, they're like perfectly spread out, and they're right where they need to be, and they're ready to attack, and then again, you've got this one gap that the defensive line is keeping for the linebacker, and the linebacker shoots through the hole, and he goes back and he makes a tackle, and it's just, we just didn't see that under Petten very often. We just didn't see it. When the, when the linebackers actually did try to attack, they just ran into the back of somebody because, again, it was just a pile. They didn't, And the fact that just in, in such a short period of time, it's working, Just it just has a feel of a guy that maybe the system and the play calling isn't, or I should say maybe his play calling is going to be terrible and this whole thing isn't going to work, but it just feels like he's bringing in something that just makes more sense for what our guys do. Petten's a genius, right? Maybe he's a little, maybe his time has passed in terms of what he likes to run. That's not really a thing anymore. I don't know. But it just seems like something clicked. And I know the defense wasn't perfect, and there's a lot of concerns that I have specifically, hello there, about third down. Um, you know, I want to see him attack more on third down, and they started doing the whole get, let's get soft and back off, and they're converting third and 17, third and 20, third and five, third and this. There's a, you know, third and 17 throws a touchdown, you, you know. I have my concerns, but that in particular for me got me excited. Just watching how fluid and how just how just together they all looked, how everything worked in sync. It looked it looked competent. It just has me excited. So I'm my gut says faster start. My brain says expect more more or less the same. Um, 
Where did that question go? I must have skipped it. Uh, Jason says, by the way, went with Taco Bell. So I think Jason earlier had asked me, what's better, McDonald's or Taco Bell? Uh, my answer is definitely McDonald's. I, I got nothing. I'm, I love fast food. I don't really buy much anymore. But um, when I went to college, T-Bell was the way to go. And we had one down the street in Whitewater, and that was just the place to go when you've had a couple too many beverages, and nothing tastes better in the world than Taco Bell. Uh, my favorite Taco Bell story was going in there um, just well enough to remember this story. I had $20 in my hand. I slapped it down on the, on the counter, and I said, I'm going to start listing stuff. You tell me when I run out of money. And I started rattling stuff off. She cut me off when I got to a certain amount. I brought back like two bags full of stuff because I was ripping apart that dollar menu and got a couple chili cheese burritos in there too. I ate that whole bag. <laughs> that's, that's quite an accomplishment, uh, $20 worth of, uh, of Taco Bell. But uh, as much as I like it, especially you know nowadays when I've gone back to Taco Bell, um, completely in my right mind, if you, if, if you will say, um, it doesn't taste super great. I do like their chili cheese burritos, which I don't think is on the menu, by the way. I don't know if you guys know about that. But if you never had it, go order a chili cheese burrito. It's freaking unbelievable. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a chicken nugget guy all day. Just get me a 20-piece chicken nugget and large fry. I'm, since I've been a kid, that's been my thing. So McDonald's all the way. Um, Sergio says, clutching his chest dramatically. Fred, Fred, Fred Sanford, oh, this is the biggest one I've ever had. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. It's such a good show. I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's one of those things... Maybe that's not true. I was going to say it's one of those things where if you didn't like grow up with it or whatever, you might not appreciate it. Not that I grew up with it. It was before my time. But when I was younger, we, people used to watch it. Paula with a $10 donation. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Paula's always in on that, man. Paula's got my back nonstop. She's a she's like a silent partner. You know, she's she's not blowing up my phone. She's not, uh, you know, wanting anything or, or commenting or anything. It's just she's just always there to support anything I'm doing. Thank you very much, Paula. Um, but I, I wonder if, if people went back and watched it, if, uh, if they would like it, I, I, part of me says no, because it's kind of old timey, but at the same time, it's so anti PC. If you're, if you're really just missing like back when TV really didn't care. And it's, it's basically a, uh, black family with the main character being a very angry, rude, racist guy. And it's hilarious. It's fantastic. He makes fun of his family. He calls his sister-in-law ugly and all kinds of names, calls his son a dummy, uh, makes fun of the Cuban neighbor for being Cuban and uh, the white people for being white. It's just, it's great. It's back when we all used to just make fun of each other and we all just laughed about it and people were happier and now we can't do that anymore, except I do it every night when I watch Married with Children. Um, Zach says, hello. Hello, Zach. Nice to see you there. Mike says, difference is no one had a preseason on last year. This year, many teams played starters. So I did think about that as being a slight difference, but but let's be completely honest. How much of a head start is that going to give you? How much of a head start? How many snaps did Tom Brady get? 20? I don't know, man. Especially when we talk about guys. I get it, and I do understand it, and I do think it might give you a little bit of a heads up. But again, it's one of those things where there are times when teams take multiple games before they're kind of fully in the swing, right? Things are kind of clunky. So you played a quarter. So you're a quarter ahead of us. We're still both going to be a little slow in this game, right? Because it takes you three games, four games, six games to get back on track. I don't know. I mean, if, listen, if the Packers come out flat, they're going to blame they're going to blame it on that. 
and I don't think that's correct, and I will stand on that. I don't think it's correct, but that's what's going to happen. The only thing that I think could be a problem would be the the center quarterback exchange, but they were working on that. It's not like they weren't doing that. Um, Michael says schedule is brutal. I see eleven and six thoughts doesn't really matter because even ten and seven wins in North and playoff spot. That's a good point. I, I see a little more. I, I need to go back and look. I know I've done it on the podcast before. By the way. For anybody uh, that's in here that's new and is a Packer fan, Packernet podcast every single day, and now you have incentive to go over there because uh, half of the podcast, and it was it was very ranty today. I, I got uh, pretty heated. So if you're into that kind of thing, go check it out, Packernet podcast, go download it and whatnot. Um, I did go through in the podcast several times the record. Not It's similar to how I did the 53. It wasn't very specific in terms of... Um, like what I think it's going to be. It's just kind of looking at it saying, who do we lose to here? But um, I don't know. Again, so many of these things, I just want to get a feel for it first. Right out of the gate, I think 12 is is very, very, very achievable. Um, but could things go south? Yeah, we got to see the team. You know, I, I'm expecting big things from the offense. A lot of people say better. I don't know about better, but I, I would say close to as good. And I do expect the jump from the defense, but that doesn't have to happen. Absolutely not. Douglas with a $5 super chat, he says, does anyone okay the defense look like they could be the perso? (laughs) I have to read it because he gave $5. To actually step up and make the D a solid unit, Preston not allowed as an answer. (sighs) I'm going to have to marinate on what those words are. If you want to hit me with that one more time, um, we'll, we'll give it a shot, but thank you very much for the $5. I appreciate it. And I'll figure out what we do with the perso and all that stuff. Um, so Michael, yeah, I, I, and, and that is a good point. I think the, the but again, we got to see the NFC North too. I don't know what to make of the Vikings. I don't know what to make of the bears. Cause I don't know what to make of Justin. It looks like the bears are going to be a disaster. That's, that's my, my thing. I really think they're going to be a disaster, but we'll have to see how that goes. It, it's really looking ugly for them which again reinforces my thinking that they should have embraced the teardown, but instead they're, they keep pushing all in when they're nowhere near all in. Whatever, it's not my team. They want to ruin it. That's fine with me. Uh, Locksmith says, do they put nacho cheese in Green Bay's water jugs? Um, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I'm guessing that's like a non-Wisconsin crack on people from Wisconsin liking cheese, which is true. I don't know about nacho cheese as much, but I guess cheese is cheese. It's fine. Um, probably not in the water jugs, though. Sergio, haven't felt this good about the Packers' chances since 2011. So he says, too bad this isn't already year two of new defensive coordinator. That's a good point. If you uh, look at the Charles Woodson video, that's what got me super hyped up. It wasn't a super big, in-depth thing, but something about it just kind of got me in the zone and, and made me realize, like, it just it feels right. And, and it, I hate to even say it because I was saying it all toward the end of last year, but I meant it, and I still stand by it. Deanie D with a $10 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's getting way past my bedtime, and you guys are keeping me, keeping me grinding here. Plus, I'm just, again, I'm just having fun, man. It's worth losing sleep to come hang out with you guys. Um, hopefully, it's entertaining to you. What the heck was I talking about now? Um, I don't. Strouder, thanks for liking the stream. What were we talking? What was the question? Uh, nacho cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't felt this good about the team in a long time. Um, I said it and I meant it last year. This this team feels special. There's just something different about it, and I'm I'm so upset that they fell apart the way they did in Tampa. And they've got this this horrible flaw 
somewhere deep in their DNA with this team where, where sometimes they just don't show up. And there's a pile of people that just don't play. And they're just terrible. And I don't know why that happens. But I'm telling you, part of that thing with um, um, Charles Woodson was he talked to, he said he talked to Devante, and Devante said, we have everything we need. And that's exactly what I've been saying, and a lot of people have been saying, they've got it all. And I, I believed last year this was the best roster in football, and the way that they were playing, and the, the defense was starting to come on strong, everything felt perfect. It just felt perfect. And it just, it's something, something happened. The only thing I can think is it has to do with, with Tom Brady and something to do with Satan. Some kind of a deal that they made that the devil is still paying out on somehow. Somehow he still hasn't fully paid up yet. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he's still paying that out. But um, it's all still sitting there. And maybe our dreams and hopes are going to be crushed because something's just going to go wrong. But it still feels special. That that team, this, this team is still there. And, and the fact that this might be the last ride for Aaron Rodgers makes it feel even more like this. Not only is there a panic like this has to happen, but just making it feel like that it can't not, right? There's no way that, that we, can, we can do all this and go through all this and not have luck. So, uh, Kyle, I forgot to tell you guys yesterday, I have the badge for being a member for almost nine months. There are only two more badges, 12 months and 24 months. Hopefully I have the longest membership. I don't know but you might, Kyle. That's very possible. But yeah, nine months, man. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. That was actually a big part of the reason I wanted to jump on here because I got subscribers that pay every month on YouTube and I haven't been putting out videos. And I said it was because I was moving and I want to do like a cool background and I'm still doing research and I need money and I got all these ideas. And it's like, you, you're putting off, the season's about to start, you're putting off content for everybody and people are paying every month for this and you're not putting out content because you got some stupid idea about like a, a getting a cool sign or whatever. You're an idiot. So we're just winging it, man. And I think it's, I think it's going well. I don't know. I'm having fun. Locksmith Smith says alcoholic. <laughs> talking about me. I literally don't drink alcohol anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. Are you the guy that said the cheese thing? Locke, what is your deal, man? He's, he's one of those, those very anti-Wisconsin people. He's got to be either from Minnesota or Illinois or just some like North Dakota or something stupid where, I don't know, California maybe, where like cheese is forbidden because it's not tofu enough. I don't know. But he's made a cheese comment and an alcohol comment. So he's never been to Wisconsin. He just knows the stereotypes and he is just hammering them all. Anyways, um, Jason Miller, again, thank you for the $20 super chat. Better coordination and easier knowledge of the gaps. Less confusion means less mistakes. It's a very eloquent way to say what I've been trying to do with my fingers. And uh, thank you for that. Um, Brian Reed says, who looks better in the opener, offense or defense? I'm going to say offense because it's a brand new defense and we've got a little bit more moving parts. Plus, again, who are the people that are ready to go and have been involved in this in a long time? You got Rodgers, you got Devontae, you got Aaron Jones, you got Alan Lazar. These guys have been in rhythm. They've been doing this for a long time. They know what's going on. It's third year in the offensive system. This offensive system gets better every year. They're, they're really unraveling these things. Plus, again, training camp. Who's been dominant? Devontae's been unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers has been unstoppable. MVS has been unstoppable. I have a feeling it's going to – I hope it's offense. Now, the counterpoint to that would be the Saints. The Saints have a really stout defense, which could make it hard for the offense and kind of stutter – what we have as our best unit, which is our offense, whereas the Saints offense hopefully is not really out of the gate super great. I mean, they do have Kamara, 
and maybe I am underselling their offense a little bit. Um, Jameis obviously has the ability to make some plays. We've seen him stretch the field and all that kind of stuff, and Taysom's still there to make plays, but um, I'm going to say offense. I'm just going to say we impose our will. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, Got back to Paula's super chat. I appreciate that again. Brian says, will they get off to a fast start? I think it's. I think they have to. Um, I think that needs to be part of, and and it's hard to ask that, but at the same time, again, like everybody's been saying, well, you sat all your starters. If you want to, if if going out to a fast start is really what you want to preach to everybody, you probably should give them a little bit of time. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be preaching it, but I think there is a, a a part of it where they need to kind of play like it's the Super Bowl. I mean, you don't want to show all your tricks and everything, but there needs to be an element of. We're pulling out all the stops because we just we want to get into that rhythm, not just for the game, but for the season. We want to come out so smoking hot that by the end of this game, everyone's like, dude, just hand them the trophy. Is that going to happen? Probably not, but that should be the goal. Um, yeah. Lee Bruce, come on, man. You couldn't have just switched it. Anyways, how many yards will Quadzilla rush for, do you think? So A.J. Dillon is very similar to Rashawn Gary in my mind. I, I think his ceiling is based entirely on Aaron Jones or Preston Smith in the case of Rashawn Gary. Um, how much is Aaron Jones going to be taking in terms of carries? I know Aaron Jones is going to outsnap him, but I don't know to what extent he's going to outcarry him. Aaron Jones is going to be in the dual backfield, and then he's going to be split out, right? He, there's going to be a little bit of that kind of stuff going on. Um, and so the, the question is how many carries is he going to get um, just pulling yards out of the top of my head here. Wait, well, I hate to look up stuff right now. I don't know. Is is seven hundred crazy? What did Jamal used to get? Jamal Williams. Quickly as I can here. Rushing. Where's rushing? Offense. Offense. Blocking. Pass. Run. Receiving. Receiving. Rushing. He's a running back. That should be the first one. So he had six hundred yards last year. That's that's. You know, you said a thousand yards a piece isn't impossible, and I'm starting to believe you a little bit here. I'm going to say 800. I'm going to say he gets 800 yards, and then Jamal only had two touchdowns. I'll say 800 yards, f- four touchdowns. I was going to say five, but it's hard, man. There's so many guys sniping touchdowns between Tunyon, Devontae, Lazard, MVS, Aaron Jones, DeGuara, just the whole squad. I think if you can get 805 touchdowns, that's a good year. Um, let's see. Sorry for typos, Douglas says. That's all right. Um, you got to rewrite the whole thing. 900 plus podcast under the belt. Love the new format with Q&A in the tube. Keep it up. Packing a podcast place for fans to hang out where everybody knows your name. There you go. There you go. Bringing it back. What show was that? Was that uh, full? I don't know. I'm sounding like an idiot now. But I, I, I kind of halfway got the reference. Everybody knows you cheers. I think it's cheers. I never, I don't know. I didn't like, I had to watch it. It was one of the ones, it was kind of like MASH. I had to watch it because I remember my mom watched it, but I didn't really like it. I liked the intro to MASH. That still kind of gets me jacked up. Same with uh, Married with Children. Something about that intro just always got me jacked up. Um, Bearded Buck says, Rodgers played the Jets in multiple full-team practices, so he got some time. That is true. They, the, that is part of what that's for, too. And Rodgers even talked about it as much as he doesn't like that. The fact that they were throwing crazy looks at him actually gave him a little bit of time. So they still weren't hitting the quarterback, which is kind of part of the whole, you know, Rodgers has mentioned 
getting that first hit out of the way, even as many years as he's been in, you kind of kind of grimacing and once you get that first hit it's like all right now we're now we're playing but I mean that's going to come in the first quarter anyways so it, it doesn't really matter when that happens um Jason says Douglas needs some Taco Bell to soak up that whiskey all right maybe he wasn't talking to me I don't know I must have missed a comment there all right Douglas see if you try this again does anyone on the defense look like they could really step up and make the defense a solid and consistent unit kind of like how the offense was last year um, who would that be if you had to pick a guy? Um, Kevin King comes immediately to mind slash Eric Stokes. That second cornerback spot really just makes this an unbearably difficult defense to play against. Kingsley Kiki is another guy, assuming everybody else is on point. Kenny Clark's having a good season, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that puts you in sort of a Tampa Bay situation where the defensive line is so good that you can't run the ball, and so you're forced to throw the ball and we don't have to really load up the box because the guys up front are doing such a good job, and we've got such good, you know what I mean? That's very, that's sort of Rams-ish too. Um, Those would be the two guys that come immediately to mind. A number two corner, whether that be King or Stokes, or a guy like Kingsley Kiki to pair up with with our guy Kenny Clark. Um, Jason Miller says, by the way, Ryan, thank you for keeping football in my life during the offseason. It's not easy, but it's a lot of fun. He also says Tom Brady is going to be like Saddam. <laughs> Do I want to finish this quote? He's going to be like Saddam Hussein in South Park, Satan's new squeeze. I mean, I guess I started the analogy. I can't be mad at you. Um, how concerned are you with hot weather in week one? Glad you asked. You should check out the Packernet podcast, Katie, because uh, tomorrow I am going to be talking a lot about that. But I might as well, I left this tab up because I thought somebody might ask it. Here are... The five games, I'm giving away the fun stuff, but there's, it's still Rant Ego, should check it out. Thank you, Sean, for liking the stream. Since 2005, five times only, the Packers have played in 85-degree weather or more. I tried 90, it was only two games, so I wanted to expand, then I did 85. Somebody had mentioned that they picked Jacksonville because Rodgers and the Packers don't do well in hot weather. The only loss they've had, according to this, and Rodgers' entire tenure with the team was last year against Tampa, and as I said on the podcast, that wasn't because of the weather, that was because of Tampa, and the evidence of that is the fact that later that season, they came to Green Bay in a blizzard and kicked the living crap out of us. There are four other games, Miami in 2006, Packers won, 34-24, Miami in 2014, 27-24 victory, uh, Jacksonville in 2016, 27-23 victory, and then Cincinnati in 2017, 27-24 victory in overtime. They were all very close, but the Packers, um, in Rodgers' entire tenure, are 4-1 and one in hot weather. So if the plan is it's hot and they're going to be terrible, it's not a great plan. Um, I also elaborated on how it's also going to be to our benefit that this could possibly be a home game. But again, I don't want to give it all away because I want you to go listen to the podcast, which apparently is going to be the longest podcast in the history of the world because that's about a half hour and this has been going on for for an hour. All right. Uh, Michael, I got to run. Let's talk to you later. Let's see. So Strouder says, so this is going to be the last one. It looks like everyone's kind of winding down. I do need to go to bed and, uh, again, super long. This is, by the way, one of the problems with doing it this style. Somebody's like, well, just do half the comments and then half the regular podcast because it's going to be an hour and a half. That's the problem. Uh, Do you have your Facebook account set up to accept stars donations during your stream? So that is invite only. 
So you have to have a very big channel to do that. However, there are other ways to make money on Facebook, but there is a minimum of 10,000 followers. We're at 1,200 right now. So that's why I'm pushing real hard. So again, if you're watching Packernet Podcast Facebook page, please go follow that over there. Uh, we need about another 9,000 people before we can um, kind of get that rocking. Thank you, Brian and Chris, for liking the stream. Appreciate that very much. But anyways, I got to get this wrapped up. It's 9 o'clock. I got to get going to bed, watch a little bit of Married with Children, and uh, go put my children to bed because they're probably still awake running around. And um, otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.